Coming up this week on Beyond the Vibe, we're joined by Butterside. Butterside was more of an idea, and it really started and formed around like acoustic songs that I would write, because that's really all I had. I mean, I was homeless, I was a drug addict, I would hunch over my guitar, and those were the only things that got me through those hard days sometimes when I didn't have anywhere to sleep or no friends to talk to. I had my guitar to talk to, and I'd write songs. If any four of us died, you know that that fifth guy is still going to go on to do it. You know what I mean? He's each one of us has got this 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 drive and this motivation to to do it. The people were great. The lessons were great. The partying was insane. You know what I mean? We didn't sleep for a couple of months at a time. And like you bring a pandemic in and people start missing live music and realizing what it's really all about. And like, how bad does the world want rock and roll again right now? If rock and roll is dead, then we're old zombies. Man. Yeah. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Beyond the Vibe, the show that cuts deep to the world of music. Thank you, Ryan. On the sofa. I know, a bit different. A bit different. My name is Aaron Day. I'm lead guitarist in UK band These Wicked Rivers, and I'm here with a videographer and music photographer, Mr. Ryan Vasey. Mm. Yes. How are you doing, Mr. Vasey? <laughs> oh, we're good, aren't we? Uh, yeah, all right. Yeah, we've been listening to um, some Buddha Sides mm. record, which should be out now if, whilst you're listening to this. Yeah, really interesting. Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest with you. Um, after listening to the debut album, before we got sent through the um, the for an exclusive lesson, I know. Right? The album before, cool. yeah, it's, it's a pretty big time. Uh, before <laughs> we got sent through that, I was, I, I didn't think I was going to vibe off it. I've got no problem saying that, you know, because it's just I, I think that first album was was them trying different styles. I think that was a big part of it that they didn't want to hold anything back. Whereas I feel like the second album in the lineup, Patrick's been able to assemble. It feels like they've got a concrete identity at this point. You know, mm. it's it's interesting because like I mean I didn't know much of them yeah. um, beforehand and. I wasn't sure going in because like, I hadn't heard a lot of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, apprehensive. But, yeah, and like um, I put the first track on it, it just like just yeah. blows you away, doesn't it? Like, I like the album, man. Mm. I think it's cool, you know. And there's a few little surprises in there. Yes. Uh, very interesting cover, which you'll find out about in the following interview. Any moment, yes. yes. Um, and speaking of that. <laughs> Any moment, maybe this moment <laughs> now. <laughs> Speaking of that, we'll uh, hand it over to the uh, the Buddha side guys from from a car from a car outside Starbucks. Fantastic. <laughs> so hello, we're here with Buddha side as we look ahead to their upcoming album, Spiritual Violence. Our episode airs on the Saturday, so at this point, when it comes out, it will already be out, gentlemen, and it's definitely worth a, worth a listen. So thanks for joining us, boys. Mm. Hey, thanks for having us. We are so excited to drop this record. It's been a labor of love and a long time coming, so we're super excited about it, more so than anything I think that we've done so far. Oh, it's brilliant. I love the positivity. We've had a chance to give it a listen. It's this killer album, boys. Really enjoy it. Yeah. Which which one's your favorite? Which track? Ooh, well, we like the opening track. Yes, the Wide Awake. Yeah, yeah Wide, Wide Awake, yeah. Yeah, big yeah. time. I'm a big fan of opening tracks for for records because I think it's it lays the foundations for the rest of the album. You know, it's always yeah, it sets, choice. That's yeah. the tone for sure. Yeah, we use that one to open up our set every time because it just slaps you in the face. Yeah, that's that's what you want, and you want to grab people by the balls. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. We love yeah. it. It's a good album. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so one thing we like to do um, on the show is um, we like to go right back to the beginning. Um, so for you personally, Patrick, um, what got you into singing in the first place? Um, did you always like want to be a frontman, or, or was this something that you just kind of arrived at? No, it's been exactly what I've wanted from my life since, uh, I, I mean, the first thing I can remember is wanting to be a, a, a singer. I, I know I, I, my father used to tell me that I pulled on his pant leg at five years old, crossing the school, crossing the street, going to school. And he asked me, what did I want to be when I, when I grew up? And I said, I want to be a, I want to be a rock star. You know? So, um, I've never deviated from that path. I've never thought that like, you know, there's never been a plan B for me. Um, you know, the, uh, the paths that I took, uh, the, the detours that I took definitely weren't part of the plan, but um, I think they all form, you know, they, they, all, all together, it's been building up what I'm hoping will be like something that, that lasts, something with integrity, something that's uh, worthy of talking about after I'm gone. So, yeah, uh, always wanted to be a rock star, yeah. Oh, that's cool, man. I, lo- I love that. Uh, I love that positive energy around it. You know, because things can go wrong along the way, but it all forms the person you are. You know, and you take you take things from the the things that go wrong and move forward with them. Definitely. Mm. Absolutely, yeah, man. It's like after you've been through as much as we've we've been through. Um, I think we've learned that um, every tragedy is some kind of miracle in the making. 
you know, you never know what's going to come on the other side of all of the stuff you're going through, the things that cause you all this grief. There's this, there's some kind of beauty, some kind of a lesson, some kind of, uh, you know, a silver lining or, a, you know, something like that on the other side of it. No, that's, that's on the butter side of it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that spiritual energy. And for for the rest of the boys in the band, is that something that you you all tap into as well? Do you feel that that's a real connection between you all? Oh, totally. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. And for sure. I, I think, uh, yeah. I mean, for as far as playing music and stuff, that's all. I think that's all what any of us have wanted to do for all of our lives. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. We've got we've got a we've got a group together that's kind of like that's the dream team that I've I've always dreamt of having. Everybody in the group, you know, if 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 four of us if any four of us died, you know that that fifth guy is still going to go on to do it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He's each one of us has got this 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 drive and this motivation to to do it and all of us are very well capable of doing it without one another it's just we're really fortunate to have one another to do it with so yeah we're stoked it's cool it's the beauty of a band isn't it it does become a family you know yeah we are definitely that we tell each other everything sometimes sometimes too much (laughs) i know from myself being in a band with me and the boys sometimes there's stuff i don't i don't want to know i don't need to see you know it just adds to the list of nightmares (laughs) yeah i felt felt that completely i mean for for yourself patrick in terms of like you say you feel like you've got to this this pivotal point you know in terms of the group of people that are around you in in the band and the family of it i mean i imagine you were in different bands growing up um was this the case did you immediately fall into bands and then what led you to obviously being on the road with motorhead um yeah the motorhead thing was um it wasn't really part of the dream it was just i got i was really fortunate to fall in with that whole again a family of people that uh we just Mm. we just loved hanging out with one another and and i just kind of fit into the whole family um the girlfriend i was dating at the time was like lem's best friend and and the band's best friend and she would tour with them all the time doing the video stuff and and whatever else so um you know they were just hanging out over at my place all the time i'd run over to their place you know we'd all hang out and then i was just there when phil got a call from uh, his roadie overseas who couldn't make it for the for the tour that i ended up jumping on the everything louder than everything else tour um and phil hung up the phone just kind of like i don't have a roadie and i was like yeah you do <laughs> and he was like oh yeah i guess i do so that was that ah killer <laughs> um that's- yeah I mean, uh, you know, lo and behold, it's it's still it's funny how like the, the you know, how e- even as we go on, all of the stuff that happened back then feeds more and more so into the story than um, than I could have ever realized. I never looked at it as like as like my opportunity to meet people that could help me. It was just mm-hmm. like I mean, it literally when that job came around, it was great to make a few thousand a month or a few thousand. Sorry, a week. <laughs> you know what I mean? It didn't pay bad. Um, the people were great. The lessons were great. The partying was insane. You know what I mean? We didn't sleep for a couple of months at a time. So um, uh, just totally grateful for the experience. But then you fast forward to the present and like, you know, Lemmy set us up to really become a legit band and people, you know, that whole, you know, it's, it's hard to break the Motorhead fans and become a fan to have them become a fan of yours as well. Um, and I'm not sure we've scraped together too many of those from that genre or that fan base but um you know his name carries a lot of weight with everyone i mean it was lemmy who also kicked down the door with slash and got me in with the velvet revolver guys and then playing with them and ultimately steven adler for a couple of years so he's definitely linked you know to every little thing that that has to do with butterside and and my life you know it's it's just uh you can't shake it and every new of course we talk about you know it's it's great it's great it's it's a it's a wonderful part of my life i'm just happy that i'm grateful and i have to pinch myself to be honest because um you know it's hard to believe sometimes sometimes you tell people these stories at a party and they don't believe you (laughs) you know it's just hard to believe Oh, I could have liked it. <laughs> um, for those that don't know, um, when the band were originally formed, how did you kind of all come together, and, and did you like set out with that particular sound that you've got now, like from the get-go, or or did was that something that you kind of arrived at as a group? Um, well, the idea behind Butterside is like the anti-cliche, basically like 
What did we say the other day? We finally had a good answer for this one. Oh, all the good names. Were taken. <laughs> yeah, all the all the all the all the good names were taken. So we stuck with this one because it was like, what are we going to be? Hammer of the devil, or yeah. you know, like you know, demons from the sky, or whatever. You know, every Star good King yeah, coffee. every good name was taken. So <laughs> Butterside is like it's the anti cliche, and it's like every time somebody just kind of shakes their head at that name, it just it's like when somebody tells you you can't do something, it motivates you even harder to do it. So mm. it's kind of good to have that in your back pocket because you need somebody every day telling you you know something's not right and then you got to prove to them that it is right and that's what we do every day we get up and we do something creative and amazing and you know we right now we're, we're in a we're at a good pace we're, we're shoving something you know noteworthy down your throat every single day we've got so much good content and so many songs written and so much recorded and so many videos that we're creating that you can't deny that we are a presence you know what i mean we're coming at you with with music that's from our heart you know they're lessons of life that like most people um you know can only dream about so um Butterside was more of an idea and it really started and formed around like acoustic songs that I would write because that's really all I had I mean I was homeless I was a drug addict I would hunch over my guitar and those are the only things that got me through those hard days sometimes when I didn't have anywhere to sleep or no friends to talk to I had my guitar to talk to and I'd write songs and some of those songs transcended all the way into the first record uh one song in particular transcended into the second record um and uh it's really just about it's it's that idea really it's like the butter side is like i mean there's also a saying that like their side is the toast that lands up the butter side lands up kind of like you throw a cat out a window and it's always going to land on its feet so there's that that plays into it um but it's kind of just like it describes the music that always has been with me the thing that's gotten me through the hard times but um there's been a million different kind of lineups to uh to uh you know, they've taken the stage with the name Butterside, but Sam finally got in the group and, you know, it just really got real all of a sudden because Sam is just a caliber of musician that's just beyond anyone else I've ever encountered. <laughs> and uh, I, I think he makes me feel like, like, you know, I'm that special as well. So we decided at some point that like it was time to get, just like we said before, some people that are like these guys or just as motivated and as talented that wake up and live, eat, shit, breathe, everything, every second of the day is music. And what can I do to get my career farther and get myself to more people? So um, now you've got five of us, you know, and we're all firing on that many cylinders together. And it's, you know, we've just gotten started, man. I mean, we were filming out in the freaking snow yesterday. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, you know, and it's just great. Like we had the best time. We're freezing. We're falling down in the snow. And like, it's like, you know, we're, we're just, there's nothing we won't sacrifice for our art. And I think uh, at some point, soon we're going to be in front of so many people on a nightly basis and it's going to become infectious and contagious and finally all of that that's within us will be in other people around the world but it's really kind of odd to me when people ask about the name because it's about the song yeah. that should be the focus in my yeah, opinion fun, man. i mean we have this yeah, i mean you have to ask yeah it's it's, it's, it's part of the stuff you know it's, it's, it's interview. Right. no no i'm not saying you i'm just saying <laughs> I, I, you know a lot of people ask about the name and it it's just, a strange name. Yeah. All the good ones are taken. Yeah. That's, that's the answer right there. Yeah. No, that's a good answer. And yeah. the thing we had this chat of a band last week because it's it's difficult because if you look back through the history of rock and roll there's a lot of names that on the face of it look a bit shit but then it's about the the identity yeah like what the hell is the Foo Fighters even Dave yeah, Cole makes fun of it you know what I mean that's it like all the, all the names you go through and you think fucking hell that's a shit that's a shit name but it's about <laughs> as you say it's the music that creates an identity around that name exactly and then, yeah that's and then once you, like with you guys you'd never I bet you'd never go away from put aside at this point because it's who you are it's the face the, yeah. it's the moniker above the family like you guys said you know so it's it, it's the music as you say that truly enwraps it around but yeah we had to ask the question because it's a different it's diff a bit of a different one right like right that. right it's anti 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 band name yeah I like that I mean you kind yeah. of yeah I mean you know once you get it you get it so yeah I mean you spoke a lot I mean I love the positive energy around around the vibe um, Patrick and maybe the guys can interject as well in terms of you 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 spoke a bit about it in terms of recruiting the bands for that next for the band members for that next like evolvement of the band what was that process like for you in terms of going out and getting people and did you feel the excitement building as you started to add different parts to it and feel it forming to what it is now I mean I can't say anything bad about the guys that we that have been in Butterside along the way we they would put a lot of blood sweat and tears into like you know 
gaining what, you know, what fans we did gain from traveling all over the world together. But, but, you know, there does come a time and like, you know, my life really started over after I got sober. So, you know, you're looking at like 15 years ago, like life started to really get real before that. It was just like mistake after mistake after mistake, which made me who I am. But, um, but yeah, it was time to get super real and like really have something to offer people, you know, so that like, if, if we go on after, or if we go on before the Foo Fighters, we go on before or poo flower, or we before bad flower, or, or or whoever you know, or asking Alexander, any of these bands that like we're really looking forward to touring with soon, you know, anybody on the bill at Rocklahoma, when we step up there, we want our band to offer as much as those bands that are up there do. So it's like you've got to trim the fat in every area possible. You've got to make every possible move you can to assure your success. And there's one, two three four five reasons why you can't deny us there's no there's no drummer that's better than that dude there's no guitar player better than these two there's no bass player that can do it like him and and god damn it if i'm not trying to be good enough to sing for these guys you know hopefully that gets us where we need to go <laughs> and to kind of answer the thing about the the other members at least when i came back to the band it's like when there was not really any other picks for any of the guys when we were getting a different bass player, a different drummer, different other guitar player. There wasn't another pick, you know, it was yeah. only Jeff, only Gabe, only Logan. We yeah. We, friends I love like that. Too, yeah. So. yeah we, we were kind of friends and we all knew we, we had a good chance at like really getting along, you know, cause you gotta be together, like, you know, close quarters shit. We lost our tour bus and we were stuck in a van together for two months. And like, it really got fun when we were actually after the, bus broke down and we were stuck with each other just like now you know we're we're in a we're closer in, quarters than now yeah because we're just always <laughs> cracking each other up and that's the proof of all of it but but it was definitely like when when the whole thing started to basically fall apart with the last lineup um it was time to decide who to take and and we knew that these were the best players in town and we had to get them and and for some of them it was a little easier than the others but it was there was a lot of romancing that went on you know what i mean there was there's quite it's you know like any other relationship it took some proving to one another that like this was the right thing but now like we're just so psyched like the you know covid's kind of coming to a little bit of a close and we can be together again we can rehearse again this was our first excuse gabe just got back from from brazil and he had to quarantine for 10 days and we couldn't wait to be together again and now look at us we're we've you know put ourselves in a tiny little vehicle well not it's a big big car but we put ourselves all in a car together and we've traveled somewhere to create a video like we just can't wait to create together so we're so psyched mm, awesome and speaking of that creation of course we'll talk about the uh, the new album spiritual violence um we we of course um listened to the album um and um we found that compared to the the debut album it has a bit more of a heavy edge to it and um, with songs like wide awake and amber alert was this intended for you guys like from the beginning like did you think oh we're gonna go out and make make something a bit heavier this time around or, or did you while you were there did you just think you know did you just arrive at that naturally um i think it's like again and we're evolving like again like i said a lot of the songs from the first record transcended from a lot of hard times with an acoustic guitar hunched over all by myself and then you get yourself into uh you know these kind of caliber of musicians and then it just ups the game as far as um the musicianship goes but uh but definitely working with Jay Baumgartner, like, you know, I think we've always wanted to be heavy as fuck, you know, and even moving forward after this record, I think it's uh, it, it gets even more refined. But um, with Jay, it was a dream come true. I mean, he's such a legendary producer and to have him in their hands on, you know, it was just it was really cool. Like we just look forward to being, you know, more like our heroes. And that's that's a pretty vast, uh, you know, spectrum. Yeah. On that subject, I mean, everybody's a. a a sum of their own influences. So when you got five people coming together with their own influences, there's bits that come out here and there that, you know, maybe it's heavier in certain places or more like Alice in Chains or more like Guns N' Roses or more like just whatever in different places. Oh, cool. I mean, what, you mentioned it there, Patsy, in terms of the influence of, of Jay. I mean, like, with this record, did you feel for all of you guys, was it when you're starting to form the material, you do start to get a sound in your head for what you want the record to sound like? Do you think Jay has been able to produce something that has got that sound in your head out on the record? Because for me, mix-wise, it's the vocals in particular are f fantastic, and the power in the low end of it is fucking really powerful record. Nice. <laughs> Yeah, no, um, you know, we we're just very hopeful that like, uh, 
you know, Logan and, and, and Sam, we were all in the rehearsal room together, bashing these songs out over and over again, just trying to get the riffs right and the riffs tight and deciding on kind of like, you know, the, the arrangements of the song. Um, and then, you know, we kind of, we kind of forced ourselves into the studio with Jay. We really didn't have, uh, you know, many songs written for the new record, really. Um, I just set a date with him and then I like putting that kind of pressure on ourselves. Um, so we kind of got in the studio with Jay with like a lot of the songs weren't quite finished, which kind of allowed him to really kind of throw a verse into here, like do this chorus twice or like cool. help with the arrangement and kind of get his feel on things. But, um, it, it definitely like was like, you know, we had this idea and you have you have us, you know, five guys in a room bashing out the songs and it sounds a certain way. And then to sit back in a studio like NRG with Jay and Danny playing them back to the speakers and then you add the synth and the symphonies and the and the children's choir and whatever else crazy stuff we did, the pianos. Um, it's magical. It definitely is a magical, magical experience. So I think that that's like, that's the focus and the goal with every recording session we get into. We want it to sound beyond, you know, like I, I think that we like to think that like we have an idea of how cool it's going to be, but, but you force yourselves again and the guys that are producing at a level that you haven't been to yet to like make it sound beyond what you could possibly dream. Mm. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Um, one yeah. of the interesting things we, we found on the album was, um, of course, the cover of the Johnny Cash classic, the um, false and prison blues um which you, know, you obviously put your kind of buddhist twist on it um, yeah was there that what was that um was that a, it was an interesting choice you know yeah, what was, was the inspiration the, behind yeah. that like well, how did you come to that point of thinking let's put our mark on this let's yeah. let's do this to be totally honest uh again something i learned from from Jay, but I had actually adopted this kind of thinking beforehand to get Johnny Cash into our set list. Um, I was on the road with a band called Ectomorph out of Hungary. They're like fucking black metal death fucking psychopaths. <laughs> and we toured all over Europe together. And they did a cover of Johnny Cash almost just a little bit like the one that we adopted. It just, it really inspired the idea to take that song into, um, you know, the, the arrangement that we use. A lot of that is stolen from that band. So I have to give Zoli and his boys, um, some credit there, but, um, but it, it's just so great. Like, cause you know, you hear that song covered so many times by so many people and it, and it's a wonderful, amazing, why does it as good as Johnny Cash? You can't do it. And we haven't as well. And Ectomorphin have done it as, as good as Johnny Cash. Cause he's fucking Johnny Cash. But, but the song itself, like if, if people are a little bit hesitant to like you and you're four sets into your set and you pull that one out and throw it at them the way that we do it, the energy level goes crazy. The roof comes off the place and everybody just warms up to you and it doesn't matter what you play next. They're going to love you. So um, also during that number, we jam a lot. We do like different solos and stuff. So that's a good part of the show to just like let loose and express yourself. Yeah, it's almost like we felt like people were going to expect to have that on the record because it was just a highlight in the live show that we toured oh, for years. That's, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. No, that's killer. That's killer. I bet, I bet live, like you say, I bet when, if you feel like, because I've played gigs before and you're about a few songs in, you think, fuck, we need to kind of give everyone a kick up the ass. I bet yeah. as soon as you knock that out, like you say, it just brings the whole thing and everyone's on your side then and then you can hit them with the Buddha side experience at that point. Yeah, exactly. Killer. Exactly. So obviously, as you touched on, um, Patrick, the album's been released through Motorhead Music alongside Silver Lining, and uh, and obviously the band was, was signed by by Lem himself. I mean, you, you uh, Phil Campbell featured on the single "Part of Me," which is obviously a tribute to Lem, and you spoke a little bit about it in terms of the effect that he's had with you. I mean, how much of an effect would you say for yourself he had, not only as a musician but as a person? Did how much of an effect did Lemmy have? Yeah, on you as a, not only as a musician but as well a person, because so many people seem to talk about him with this sort of that that effect he has on you when you spend time around him. Yeah, that's that's the whole that's the craziest part of all of it, because you know you watch a lot of people swarm around the crowd, like everybody kind of wants to come over and say hello to him, you know, and and like I said, I just got super lucky. Like I had a girlfriend that that dug me, and she 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 just loved me enough that she didn't think twice about taking me over to his apartment or the rehearsal hall or whatever. And then, you know, Lemmy and I warmed up to each other on a few different levels that were outside of music. You know, we had this, um, 
anyway, the thing I got from him the most is like a lot of people say that really did know him is it's just, he's just such a sweet, sweet man. I mean, I remember watching Headbangers Ball and like part of the intro was Lemmy on stage, you know? And I remember looking at him on TV thinking, fuck, I never want to meet that guy. He's going to eat me. You know what I mean? <laughs> thinking he's going to, he's going he's gonna to fucking tear my heart out of my chest and be like, you're not real and throw it in the garbage, you know? But, um, it turns out that like, he's just so loving and kind and you know he would share his lyrics with me and ask me what my opinions were i think he changed a few lyrics in the black black magic album you know just by you know offering to take my opinion from some of the stuff he would show me it's just uh i feel so super fortunate because i know so many people out there wish they had known him and they're all very surprised when you tell them what a sweet and loving and kind person he was like there's just nothing he wouldn't do for you he literally would stop and talk to anyone and he would he would like see through all the bs and just find that thing that's good about somebody and focus on it and he'd have a conversation with anyone he'd be just as happy to have it with a stranger you know living in a, a freaking you know in a trailer park as much as he would the queen of england and all of those people from that from that from one end to the other wanted to know him and meet him and for for good reason mm. you know just such an impact such a great huge impact musically on the world and and yes definitely a personal amazing impact on me i i live every day to hopefully have the integrity he had be as honest as he was and you know hopefully that you know that's kind of like the true success i mean he wasn't burdened by a lot of the bullshit that goes along with like you know the fads or the trends or like he just didn't care about all of that he just wanted to rock he just wanted to play every night he figured out how to do it and he did it with style mm. oh, that's killer man yeah um, going back to the album um if you guys could pick one uh, track to recommend to people um and one that's kind of your personal favorites what would they be um, one track that doesn't really get much attention that I really like stay go by that one's really cool cool I gotta go with Wide Awake man that that intro uh, you know it really kicks you in the ass how about that intro uh, I'd have to go with Amber Alert just cause uh, song wise it's been my favorite from the beginning and the video is pretty nuts that we just put out for it yeah it's sick <laughs> yeah uh, I've always liked uh, things we do to be honest that's like probably my favorite one on the album I think it's just like a great song beautiful song really yeah that's a cool one i would say that like of the songs that we haven't put out yet i'd probably say like uh things we do or uh even gosh i don't know there's a few good ones and they're all like you know they're all so personal to me you know what i mean there's there's like a well this is airing saturday so i already put it out oh so it's already out so yeah <laughs> um yeah so but yeah i mean the whole the whole record like it's it's uh you know, I, I kind of let myself be influenced by the other guys and, you know, Matt Pinfield and the people that kind of hover around us that I think kind of know better. Um, I, I just kind of let like, you know, popularity pick the songs that we kind of put out front. But I mean, Soul Searches, that's a song on the record that that uh, that is um, that's just so personal about heartbreak and stuff like that. Finding your power after you've been completely and totally heartbroken. Um, then there's, uh, I'm a man. That song's just got so many, uh, just, it's a, a lot of lessons in that one about karma and the feel of it. I just, it makes me want to dance, you know, it's just, it's just, it's, it is a great record, super proud of it. And I'm, we're super happy that it's out finally and everybody can enjoy it. And uh, we hope that they have enough time to absorb it before we start slamming you with other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't wait. Now, I'm, I'm not sure what the situation is like for you guys in the States, obviously with COVID, but over in the UK, we're preparing for a, a return to live music. Okay, tentatively preparing. I mean, what plans the Buddha side have to celebrate this new album? Um, well, we've got, uh, we've got Japan is scratching at our heels. Uh, so is, uh, Europe in the fall, but everything's kind of looking at fall. We've got Rocklahoma. So, you know, those are the dates that have finally started to kind of settle in the sand and like, they're not really moving. You know, we've had a million things that kept getting pushed back and pushed back and pushed back that like, you know, it looks like aren't going to happen for the first six months now, you know, until like June or so. But, um, I think that things will start opening up and we're going to, we're going to take every chance that we can. We're going to, we're going to jump on every opportunity that we can to play, to play live music, you know? So whatever starts opening up, we'll jump on it, but we definitely have some tours 
uh, set out for Japan, Europe, and uh, we'll definitely have a lot of dates surrounding Rocklahoma in uh, like early fall. Awesome. Do you have any plans to come to the UK? Anything would you guys like to come to the UK? <laughs> Hell, yes. Yes. Hell yeah. Yep. Hell, Hell yeah. We went, uh, I was there once before with the, uh, with the lineup, the previous lineup, and uh, it just wasn't enough. We actually did get stuck in London for three days, and I, I couldn't, I can't tell you how much I enjoyed that. <laughs> so, um, you know, you can never, it's like you're on tour, you want to play every night, so it's like a different city every night. Um, I would love to come back to the to London and just hang for a week, you know what I mean, if I could, or, or even longer, just to check it out. But um, let's but go, yeah. uh, bug crawl. <laughs> yeah, but we, yeah, we yeah. have, I mean, we've kind of set a little bit of a foundation. We could go over there and do a tour by ourselves almost, I think, and, and at least uh, have a few people at every show. But but I think we're gearing up. We've got a lot of good people. This album has led to a lot of great things. Mm-hmm. So um, I think we'll definitely be touring around the world a lot. You know, come awesome. as soon as they open up the gates for us to tour again, I don't think we're ever going to come home. Awesome, boys. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Finally, uh, a question that I like to ask that's a bit of a hypothetical one. Um, if you guys could tour with one band from the past and one band from the present, who would they be? <laughs> one band mm. from the past. Mm. And one from the present. One is Nirvana, because Kurt's gone, so that's not happening anymore. And one band from the present, I got to say Chili Peppers, because that would be amazing to me. <laughs> Damn. Ooh, from the past? I'm going to have to go Sabbath, Black Sabbath. And then yes. uh, from the current, I'm going to go Foo Fighters. Sweet. <laughs> oh, man, from the that's past. That's on the spot, man. I had to think. I know. That's, that's <laughs> a good question. I like that. That's right. The first thing coming to mind from the past is uh, Chris Cornell. So nice. Uh, nice. whether it be Soundgarden or Audio Slave, that would be my pick. And then from the present, I mean, I, I love Alice in Chains, so I say Alice in Chains. <laughs> I'd probably have to go with Sabbath too, like Jeff said. That that would be so cool. Include such big crowds and whatever. Um, and from the present, man, that's hard. Probably say like ACDC currently, because I mean they're going to tour soon. I think so. They're they're still current. <laughs> probably ACDC. <laughs> they're still going. <laughs> yeah. Um, from the past, I'd have to say Queen, dude. Wow. Oh, I yeah. Mean, good tour, man. So great. I would love to tour with Queen. And present day, I I, um, I want to go out with like, uh, with, uh, what's her name? We we're just talking. Oh, pretty Reckless. Yeah, Pretty Reckless, man. Oh, then their new records. Awesome. Yes, yeah, yeah, that's she, she is so amazing and like the, just the energy you could just she's got that rock and roll thing that the bring back rock and roll kind of whole thing awesome I mean path you know what i mean she she knows exactly where she's taking rock and roll or, or even <laughs> i don't even want to say miley cyrus but dude, she got the right idea too yep. you know what i mean they're all bringing rock and roll back it's like a year ago you, people were saying rock and roll is dead or two years ago people were really scared that it was and it's like all of us that knew that it, you can't kill it and like you bring a pandemic in and people start missing live music and realizing what it's really all about and like how bad does the world want rock and roll again right now? Mm-hmm. If rock and roll is dead, then we're old zombies, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're all the walking dead over here. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Right. Massive thanks to the boys in Buddhaside for chatting to us today. As we said, when this airs, Buddhaside's killer new album, Spiritual Violence, will have been released to the world. So go check it out now and pick yourself up a copy. Mm-hmm. It's definitely worth it. If you've not already done it, make sure you give the boys some love on social medias and jump on the positive train that's around them. Love the positivity, boys. Love the vibe. And, and hope you come over to the UK. If you do, we'll definitely yeah. come and give you some love and we'll have another interview face-to-face. Yeah, that'd be cool. Hell yeah. Thanks ever so much, gents. Really appreciate your time. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. God bless. Oh, thanks, 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 thanks to Starbucks for your Wi-Fi. Shout yeah. <laughs> <laughs> out to Starbucks. <laughs> hey, go on, Starbucks. <laughs> so, yeah, that was the Buddhaside boys mm. in, a, in a motor outside yes. of Starbucks <laughs> I have this thing when I get a bit nervous I'm trying to be funny where I go a bit cockney <laughs> and I reckon they thought I was alright yobbo you know <laughs> like towards the end I go hey Starbucks hey. <laughs> cool, Starbucks no but I, I thought the guys came across really well they were you know really really like positive and yeah great vibe yeah you can you can feel that they're really excited about you know bringing out this new album and um, you know they, they've clearly got confidence in, in the work that they've done and you know, I think I, I think they right have every right to be. Yeah, me too. I mean, we were chatting about this a little bit. I think when when you interview bands and chat to them, you know, and you spend that time, you like, I really want 
Paul decided boys to come over now so we mm. can go and see him like gigging in the UK and and have another chat with him you know and I, I hope that comes across for people watching at home you know yeah. that, it's, that 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 same you know impression of them because they just seem really passionate about the what do, what they're doing and yeah you know I, I love I love the drive that they've got you know they all said that you know they're totally big every single one of them really invested and you know they they carry on even if one of them went you yeah, know yeah. It's, it's that kind of like they end up murdering each other aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> you know seriously very nice lads and uh, yeah great vibe great vibe yeah. really enjoyed it check out the album if you've not heard it 100% yes um, obviously it will be out so it'll only be one day old of That's your it. hearing this so, we're um, on point aren't we Exactly. We're on, we're on, we've got a finger hot on oh, the pulse. Hot on the pulse. Hot on the pulse. Yeah. <laughs> um, we did a new thing this week, didn't we? Yes. We've also spoke um, to a good friend of mine, and many bands will know him on the scene, mm. Mr. Brett Hall mm. of the Gifford Arms and many other venues. Yes, and you can hear that now. We're here with the lovely Brett Hall, live music promoter, known very well within the new wave of classic rock and the gigging scene in general. Many bands have played stages that Brett has promoted. I mean, I, I was chatting to Rye about this, Brett. I can't even remember the first gig these Wicked Rivers played for you. Can you? Um, I no. Now you're going to put me on the spot. I know straight away as well. I I I think we've probably known each other for at least four years. It's yeah, that, well, the band have been together for about seven, um, which yeah. is fucking mad. <laughs> um, I, did you? Did you? Because I think it might have been that you guys and Hayden Tides, who were then anonymous, yeah. I think you might have come along with the same bill, um, possibly. That's, that's to be honest, that'd sound right in terms of like a transition. And then I think then we'd have probably been with some one of one of the more local bands. That we've gigged with sort of around the years, yeah. But it's fucking mad. Like I was saying to Ryle, I, I met Jade like the GIF playing one of your gigs. You know, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of things happened. Yeah, because Jade, yeah. Jade used to be one of the bar stuff at the GIF, and she came up and she was just like, "Who's that?" And I bet you while you were playing on stage, but I've never told you that. So yeah, hello. no, I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then when and then when she realised that that Hallam wasn't interested in people in general she settled for me <laughs> that's how the story goes <laughs> so like yeah, that's that you say how you met your other half was uh through the gifted one of the gifted shows yeah that's it man I, I, I owe it all to you brett that's the key to it man <laughs> thank you at least you get at least after if, if everything else goes wrong you can always turn around and say that you know oh yeah but you know we've got that because of brett that's <laughs> Great <laughs> music, none of it matters. Fuck it. <laughs> um, so, like, let's go like back to the beginning for you. Like, how how did um like you get into the whole like promoting bands and doing all that? Stuff? Um, I started uh, fifteen years ago now. Um, we uh, it was my eighteenth birthday, and we went into the Gifford. I'd never been to the Gifford before. My friends took me in there because they they was telling me about it. And walked in and it was a Thursday night. And back then, Thursday night was student night and it was like a pound a pint. So 18-year-old was Brett in the first time on a Thursday night with pound a pint. It was messy, to say <laughs> the least. Um, and so, yeah, that was that. And got chatting to the DJ who, you know, and they're very, very good friends with. Uh, he showed me bits and pieces, and that's how it started out in the nightlife. Um, DJing really was the first step. Uh, we met a few bands who used to perform at the back bar of the Civic. So you've got the Civic Hall in Wolverhampton, which holds like four and a half thousand people. I think it's five and a half now with the expansion mm. and the Wolf Run, which is two and a half. And then the, you've got this small little bar in between that connects both the buildings. And they used to put smaller bands in of about 200 people. And, and that's where I first saw Skindred and how we ended up meeting. And, you know, they started in Wolverhampton in the small little room and then they used to come afterwards and get drunk with us. Um, so yeah, and a lot of other bands, uh, Soil, Drowning Pool, um, loads of bands, uh, 36 Crazy Fists, uh, loads and loads of different bands that would play the Wolfram and the Civic, we'd end up DJing for and with, and it was quite cool. And then um, I 
was asked to go and DJ uh, uh, in a place in Warsaw and they were talking about live music and says, oh, we don't really know much about it. I says, well, I know bits and pieces and put my first ever show on in a bar in Warsaw called The Wharf Bar and it was a tribute night and it just went from there and that was about... 12 years ago. So, yeah. Okay, now, I bet you, I'm not, not to not to focus on your age, because you look you look about 22, but, yeah, I mean, I bet you've seen quite a few different movements then, haven't you? Because, I mean, that, that Skindred Crazy Fist, what's that like, early 2000s, mid-2000s? Yeah, we've, we've, we've seen, you know, we've, we've, we've had it when Corn had done the big, you know, big stadiums and whatnot, and then come back and played the Wolfram. Uh, Progeny, when they played... Um, Mastodon, that was great. Meeting Mastodon was insane. Um, Corey Taylor, we had Corey Taylor in the Giffords. Um, we had Slash in the Giffords when he was touring the Velvet Revolver. Um, that was that was cool. That's Slash, mad, yeah, it was it was insane. Um, Nickelback, we've done. You know, it's we've done, we've seen them all progress, and it's been cool. It's nice to see as well, like the bands that you've worked with progress that go from like the small little room, like say the Gifford, the Back Bar, the Varsity back then, and then go and main support at the Wolfram and Civic, and then go on to UK tours and USA. Mm. So that's quite cool as well. We've seen yeah. we've seen bigger bands come back to smaller venues, and the newer bands progress into the bigger venues. So that's been cool. Yeah, with that with that in mind, Brett, what would you say is kind of your biggest achievement in terms of your your promotional career? Um, I've had one band that started with us in Warsaw, and within two two and a half years, they exploded onto the indie rock kind of scene and ended up going to play Reading and Leeds, um, which was really really that was really, I put their first show on, and it was great. It was fun. Um, one of my a band that we went that I went to school with, they um, like I say it was we had two school bands. One was indie rock called the Nova Fives, and one was called Speed Theory, which was the metal heavy rock band. Mm-hmm. And they went and played Bloodstock and toured Europe, and then called it a day. And a few years ago, they all got back together and they came back, and we did a full weekend show. Uh, both nights and each one was sold out. It was nice that after all then people, we saw a lot of school friends. That was cool. Um, I don't know what my biggest, biggest achievement would be. I don't know. I've got, I've got loads of memorable ones and I think I'd much rather have, you know, that than, than one that stands out more. I'd much rather have, you know, like all these ones that I'm proud of that I've seen progress and blossom and bloom and, and develop. Yeah, I think that's more important than just one standout. Mm, a collection. Me. Yeah, mm. more of a collection than, than like yeah. I say, just one standout thing. No, I like that. I think that goes with the whole sort of collective community thing as well. Mm. Yeah, because, again, it's like we've been... Because of the different venues we work in and whatnot, we, we don't just focus on one genre per se. Like I say, as you introduced earlier, we've got a lot of new way of classic rock and, you know, that kind of feel. But, I mean, before it was heavier rock and metal, and then we've got done, we've bounced into punk elements. And like I say, we've had bands that have come that have been indie mod, indie rock, and have gone to play ready to leads and things mm. so yeah it's been nice that we we have that entire scene that we can see with different bands that you can develop it's quite cool it's nice mm-hmm. um are there any up-and-coming bands that you'd recommend for people to look out for i've got to say even and i'm not brown now when he says this, you know he, he, he sat next to you these we could have and i've said this on multiple platforms yeah, it's a good job you said it. good job you said that then because we fucking prepped for you saying it i don't look like a hard knob then if you hadn't said that he's now uh, i've said it on multiple platforms what you guys have done in lockdown you know with the pre-launch of the album and stuff i i have said to like i've done multiple podcasts and interviews and things with you know, newspapers about different things. And they always say, you know, who's one to look out for. And I do mention you guys, because what you guys have Thank achieved, it, I am proud of you for that. It's fantastic. Um, considering you've created your product, your first album, and you've been unable to showcase that product how you'd want to by going out and touring it. Um, yet you still shifted so much merch, 
uh, units in the CD through pre-sales and things. That's you know, hats off to you guys. No, thanks. Um, no, you know, credit where credit's due. Um, you know, you've got you've got your likes of Piston and. I mean, Voodoo, with the, Voodoo, Sue, uh, you know, my one of my older ones that I've worked with for years, um, they just released an album at the end of February before all this happened. Um, I'm trying to think. I've, yeah, you know, the, there's Pistons one, Ginane are obviously on the way up. Um, good guys again. And then, you know, you've got your younger ones who's Hollowing Tides, um, who are going out on tour. I think that's been rescheduled uh, with Ricky Warwick. Mm, you know, so, yeah, and they're on Still Still House Festival, which again is a great accomplishment. Um, yeah, there's there's there's, a, there's there's there are guys that have come through that they are you know we keep an eye on and they are ones to watch. Um, yeah. No, I feel I feel that's a nice summary. We chat, we chatted to Jack from Piston, and we had a fucking great chat with Jack. Mm. You know, and I think, I think there's definitely a, a that a collection of bands that are just on the perimeter of just breaking through now. You know, and it's nice to to see them. Imagine for for yourself in particular. I mean, you spoke about it with Rivers. It's it's been a long journey, you know, and and you've seen us kind of at every step of that journey, as I'm sure you have with Piston and and other bands. That's cool. Yeah, well, Piston again was one of the one of the first bands we put on very many, like I say, so many years ago, um, back at one uh, back in the venue in Warsaw. Um, like I say, it's got to have been about six years ago, I think, six seven years um, when I first met Piston. That they they Rob wasn't even the lead singer then. Um, yeah, the we spoke, yeah, we spoke about that with Jack. It's it's weird to think how long they've actually been going. Well, it's the same again. Another, uh, you know, iconic eye. Are the same. Mm. Um, they've they when I originally met Iconic Eye and started working with them again about five six years ago, they had a male vocalist. And now most people that all know Iconic Eye in that scene all only remember Iconic Eye being a female fronted band. But originally they were male, and I think that's quite a challenge and an accomplishment for a band that is primarily, you know, male fronted, male figurehead uh, vocals, and then to transition over and still keep that fan base and expand mm-hmm. from it. I think that's very experimental, and if it pays off, fair play, and it did for them. Yeah, no fair play. I mean, we kind of we we explored it with your thing, but it's a final question, Brett. Right, we're going to put you on the spot, man. We're going to say if you had to pick just two bands that you've enjoyed most enjoyed being a part of their journey up the rock and roll ladder, what would they be? If you could only pick two, mm. we know you've got the collection, and we appreciate that, <laughs> but we want to we want to ruin that now and put you on the spot. <laughs> um, oh, oh gosh, you really have put me on the spot with that. I have no idea. I couldn't do it. I could not. I couldn't just give you two. I'm getting. I'm. I'm folding and backing out on that one. He's folding. Oh, oh shit! God. He's done it. Well, we couldn't even manage. I'm, 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 what about what, what about five? Like quick, quick, five. a quick fire, a quick fire five. <laughs> um, okay. Um, <laughs> okay, let's go with you guys. These wicked rivers, voodoo soup. When they came back, great band. Well, Wolfjaw for seeing how much they've progressed and what they've accomplished for doing it on their own for so long. You know, I'm incredibly proud of those guys and everything that they've achieved. Love them to pieces. Um, Halloween Tides, as I said, young band and, you know, ones to watch out for in the next couple of years. And... Stonebroken, because I've known Stonebroken for so long and their accomplishments are fantastic. Um, I remember a story they told me that I didn't know about when you guys were playing the tap, one of the venues, the other venue we've got in Warsaw, that we put live music on and they come to see you. And they were tell- one of the bar staff was a massive Stonebroken fan. And um, we were outside the front hall chatting and they were telling us, you know, one of the, I think the bar staff got into the conversation with the guys outside, you know, who's been a proper fanboy. Oh, how did you guys, Rich and Robin had came over and was like, how did you guys get together? And they said, well, we were just jamming at a studio in Warsaw and we were walking around and um, it was Saturday afternoon and this guy came over out of the blue and he just said to us, he says, 
mate, you've got long hair. You look like you're into your rock. Here, I've, I've got this band on tonight. Have a have a flyer, have a poster. Come down and uh, you know, come and enjoy some live music. And I was stood there oblivious. And I was like, oh, who was that? And the both looked and said, it was you, you idiot, when you were doing this tribute night. And that was the first show I ever put on in Warsaw. And <laughs> I, I had no idea. And they said that they went back and there was like, we could be in a band, you know, because at the time they were just jamming together and, you know, just trialing things out. They said, we could be in a band. And that's, you know, when and I did, had no idea. But that was, that was nice. Uh, like I say, that was cool. No, yeah, I think was... that's such a good. That's that's like the best story you could have you could have told with the question we asked as well, because it's like it's like it, at the end of the day it all leads back to Brett. It all leads back to them <laughs> to them ginger locks, doesn't it? At the end of the day, that's the that's the story we'll take away. F- thanks ever so much for chatting with us, man. We really appreciate it. It's, it's always a pleasure to catch up with you. Like I say, you know, you're a big part of of me and the boys' support. You know, we appreciate it. With live music looking like it's returning in the coming months, have you got any gigs books you'd recommend people to? Keep Keep an eye out for for the rest oh, of the Oh, there's so, so many things booked. Um, like I say, we do Mayor's Rock Fest. Keep your eyes on that. That has been rescheduled. We hope that that will go ahead. Um, so King King, um, Dementia Aware Fest. There's just loads, loads. Keep your eyes out on socials. I'm sure you'll find it, whether, you know, one of the venues that we work at or, you know, keep your eyes open. I'm sure you'll hear about what we've got coming, but there is lots coming. Awesome, man. Can't wait. Can't wait for it. Cheers, Brett. Cheers, guys. Thank you. Yeah, so that was, uh, that was Brett Hall. I love my ginger Viking from the West <laughs> Midlands. I think he's lovely. He's right, a little ginger teddy bear. I mean, Brett's, Brett's a good dude, man. Mm. You know, he's, he's, he's been a big part of me and the boys in, in these Wicked Rivers climb up the ladder. Mm. You know, it's... And we've got a lot of love for, for playing in, in Wolves in the West Midlands. I mean, like we said in the interview, I mean, I met my wonderful my wonderful uh, partner Jade, you know, the gift in, in Wolves, you know. So without, I mean, I'm pretty sure Brett <laughs> thinks he's the reason that we got together with Jade. Jade 100% um, disagrees with, you know, but uh, yeah, we appreciate it, Brett, anyway. But yeah, he's a great guy. Yeah, I, lo- I, love the, I love the story about the, the whole Stone Broken thing. Mm, and, yeah, it's uh, cool, man. The, the the one that surprised me was um, when Slash talking about Slash. Yeah, I know the idea of him rocking up to the fucking gig. Yeah, I was like, where did that came from? We well, gotta go somewhere, aren't you? I bet he's on. His, <laughs> I bet he's on Google in the middle of Wolves, thinking, "Oh, I should go for a drink." And there's only probably one rock bar that's like 100 mm. percent for that, and it's it's the gift. I just uh, when he was talking about that story, I was like, imagine right, you're just going about your day. His and then rock Slash walks in the building. Like, what drinks? What do you do? You know, like. shit me pants. <laughs> I'd, uh, Slash would be one of them for me. Where like, because as a guitarist, like mm. I was fourteen, you know, bandana tied to trousers. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I wear a twat hat now, don't I? You know what I mean? Still having the impact, isn't it? That's it. I, I've got the same amp as him. <laughs> yeah, I had a Les Paul. I still play a Les Paul, even though I do my Gretsch stuff. You know, so mm. it's. It's a big impact, so I'd be a little bit. It'd be one of them where I'd, I'd have so much to say, and I think it'd just come out as. Which I think would be exactly what he'd want at that point whilst trying to relax before a gig. Exactly, know. I mean, that's the ideal scenario. What more could and, you want? Yeah, and speaking of complete gibberish, uh, <laughs> that's it for this week. <laughs> <laughs> what a great song! Uh, so uh, yeah if you'd like to follow us for more gibberish uh, you can uh, hit us on Instagram and Facebook and every Wednesday you'll notice that we release a bit of a teaser so that you can find out what guests we have indeed and if you are watching on YouTube you're doing the right thing Mm. Um, but make sure you subscribe give (laughs) us a like hit the bell so you never miss a video and yeah. just support the vibe man support the journey we've got some great guests coming up mm, more great guests more great guests you know just, just good you one. think we're running out got a good one next week haven't we mm. who is it I can't remember I'll tell you what I'll do I'll have a look at the page on you'll Wednesday you'll have to wait <laughs> to find <laughs> out I'll have to wait because you're not revealing it on here no otherwise he'll beat me <laughs> yes <laughs> right we'll right, see, big you love. Next week. see you next week <laughs>